Hey guys, with everyone's busy schedule, time is of the essence, which is why we created this weekly podcast to give you quick insights on politics, business, and even technology. So whether you're working from home or whether you're on the road, join us as we talk about different events that occurred during the week. My name is Jasegan, and with me I have Aaron and Arius, and we're disseminating. So let's jump right in. Hi guys, my name is Aaron. I'm here with Jazz and um, Arius. Um, today we're going to be having our weekly update. Uh, Jazz, how are you doing? I'm today? well, Aaron. I uh, I think this is going to be a really interesting update. We got some great topics. Arius, what do you think? How is it going? It's good, man. I'm just enjoying some uh, beef jerky right now. Something to keep me awake. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I get that protein in late at night. Um, <laughs> and for those... Good. You know, when you say late night, for those who don't know, this is about, it's about 9.52 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we're exhausted. We're tired. We're ready to get this rolling. And we have our families at home. So if you hear any background noise, there might be children, there might be mothers, and there might be wives. <laughs> True say. Um, all right, Aaron. So uh, what, what topics are we going to cover today? We're going to go uh, hot and heavy or heavy and sweaty at the beginning, or are we going to keep light and puffy? <laughs> Now nah, we're going to go heavy and sweaty, man. Uh, let's jump right into it. So we're going to discuss um, basically COVID and the shutdown that's happening in Ontario, Canada. Um, for those that don't know, there's going to be a 28-day shutdown. But before we even start, let's look at the COVID numbers for today. So Ontario reported more than 2,000 cases for the seventh day in a row. And I'll just list off the regions real quick. According to the CBC, they said that Waterloo had 94 cases, Halton region had 92, Durham region had 91, Niagara had 68, Middle, uh, Middlesex, uh, London had 64, Simcoe, Muskoka had 61, Hamilton had 36, Wellington, Dufferin, Guelph had 33, Ottawa had 32, Southwestern had 21, um, North Fork had 19, Brad County had 16, Eastern Ontario had 11, and then obviously the higher numbers such as um, there were 611 in Toronto, 480 in Peel Region, 192 in York Region, and 138 in Windsor, Essex. So I don't know if people have been paying attention for those viewers that are in Ontario, but we've been averaging higher numbers. And um, today our government gave some really interesting information as to why we're going to be having a 28-day lockdown. So we're going to dive into it and really um, look at it closely as to what's really going on. Uh, did any of you guys had a chance today to listen to uh, the, uh, I guess you would say the news conference? Um, <clears throat> I, didn't, I didn't actually have time to listen to it. I, I kind of got the uh, Coles notes at the end. Um, I was tuning in yesterday to uh, kind of the anticipation of it all. But all I can say is Merry Christmas, Canada. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's on- Ontario. I guess. I mean, this is Ontario. This is an Ontario thing. But Merry Christmas, Ontario! <laughs> like New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is when they're going to do the lockdown. I think it's really stupid. Oh, wait, I- no, wait. Was it New Year's Eve or was it uh, Boxing Day or Christmas Eve? Or- no, no. New Year's Eve at midnight, like right when you finish opening your presents. No, it's actually so. It's funny enough. It was actually Christmas Eve. They're gonna they, they on. There was rumors that it was going to be Christmas Eve, but Doug Ford actually said it's going to be Boxing Day. So Wait, they said December. Said boxing Day, or you saying uh, Boxing Day now? No, no, he's saying Boxing Day now. So there was rumors that it was going to be um, December twenty fourth, and then some said New Year's Eve, but they're actually saying it's going to be. They announced it today that it's going to be confirmed on December twenty sixth on Boxing Day. Which, you know, kind of sucks, but it makes sense due to the crowds and the gatherings and stuff like that. But um, he's saying that all malls across the region are going to be shut down for in-person shopping. However, any stores that have an entrance can have still conduct their um, pickups or their deliveries or drive throughs And the whole province is going to be shut down in a gray zone. So... You know, there's regions which, uh, for those that don't know, um, the government has class- has done certain classifications in our region as green, yellow, red, and I believe orange. And if you're green, obviously your region can stay open. But as soon as you go red, you're on the brink of being on a shutdown. And there are certain areas that um, he brought up in the news conference today, which were in green, 
which he had to shut down because he said that they noticed that there was a lot of increasing cases where uh, in, in, in small areas where people would drive from, like, for example, Toronto to like Durham region or to Peterborough or to small regions. And the cases were spiking like crazy. So I don't know about you guys. I, I, I feel like their whole model of how they set up the, 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 the color coding per region was kind of stupid to begin with. Like it's either you shut down the whole region or you just leave it open. You know what I mean? Like what are your, what do you guys think about this and the whole color coding scheme? before we actually dive into today's news conference. You know, I'm just, I'm trying to think of the, the color coding and the reasoning towards it. Maybe, maybe it was an aspect of distinguishing, oh, what regions are actually in risk, what regions aren't in risk, what regions are cool or no, okay. I, I don't know if it was a terrible idea, but what I will say is um, I, I feel like instead of just doing lockdowns for Toronto and Peel last time, that they should have done a lot more. Uh, they should have locked down York and Durham as well at the same time. Like you said, like you mm. said before, Aaron, there. Um, once they locked down Toronto and Peel, all of a sudden people started coming to York, and then you see lineups at York, and then I think it was a week later York closes down, and I'm just yes, <laughs> and I'm just like great. This is this is nice. All over Twitter, people were flooding. It's like oh. You know what? Let's just go to York, or let's just go to Durham. Call it a day. So, so just you can speak a little bit more about your experience because I wasn't in a lockdown in Durham when you were in a lockdown in York. So, can you tell us a little bit more? Like, how was your experience with shopping? Did things even seem different, or does it still seem like how it was at the? I guess you say the beginning of the pandemic. So it's it's very interesting because the day before it was announced that York region would be going into a lockdown, everyone went chaotic. Everyone, like malls and businesses extended their hours just because they knew people were going to be shopping late. Um, and I know like I was going to Home Depot to buy some paint to paint my room. And there was lineups at Value Village. There was lineups at Home Depot. There was lineups. Jeez. Yeah, like places that you normally not really see lineups. There was lineups. And then on top of that, people were returning things as well because they assumed that they wouldn't be able to return things when, the, when, when, when things went into lockdown. So you see the lineup at Home Depot not ha- had like about 15 to 20 people. <laughs> uh, luckily, I, luckily, I wasn't one of the people returning things. But what I will say is people were a little chaotic. People were just like, this is the end of the world. We need to get all our shopping done by Sunday before Monday. Everything closes down. Um, what I will say is people were very reckless on Sunday. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, um, I, I want to ask Aries, too, because Aries has a little different situation. Aries, currently you're in Atlanta. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry, what's that? You asked me you're, if I'm uh, out. You're still in Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, then, and then, like, yeah, speak to the experience that you're that you see down there with COVID. Like, is it... Like, how are the Americans taking it? Like, give us the perspective from the Americans, you know, and how it's being conducted and what are the, like, are there a lot of lineups? Because I know here in GTA, like, there's lineups still to get into stores. Like, give us your perspective. From... Um, <clears throat> uh, well, to be quite honest, I, if I hadn't been following the news on COVID, I would not have known it's a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I don't really get out much. So, I mean, like, I think there's some areas that are obvious, like the theaters are closed and uh, a lot of the theaters in the area have just gone belly up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's, like, there's no lines in the grocery stores. Um, everybody's wearing masks. So, I mean, I guess that's the one indication that there is a pandemic. But uh, it's not really – it's not that obvious. I mean, people are still going to the park. People are still going shopping. People are still going to the malls. People are still going to Six Flags Amusement Park. Um, people are going to festivals and stuff. So there's not really any change. I mean, like, people are still traveling. They're going, like, my family members are going down to Mexico for the Christmas holidays. Nice. Um, yeah, totally, like, totally unfazed. Wow. So, yeah. um, speaking of Six Flags, so I'm guessing, Aries, you've been there quite a, quite a couple of times then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> Expose me. Yeah, no, we, uh, yeah, I just ended up buying season passes to give my daughter something to do because it's just, 
I mean, things are like we 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 try and keep it safe. Mm-hmm. Like we're not going. I mean, I did dine in to a dine in restaurant a couple times since I've been here, but um, we don't really uh, go into like closed places yeah. too much, too often. Um, but I did go to Six Flags several times because I got season passes and they're cheap. Nice. Oh, but uh, Arius, by the I, way, give the viewers yeah. uh, a little background as to why you're in the states and stuff. Um. Yeah, I don't. Well, I won't go into too much detail, but um, I'm just basically running away from Canada. <laughs> 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 running away from the lockdowns, let's, obviously. Let's just let's um, let's tell the audience the truth. Arius wanted to go to Six Flags. <laughs> That's basically why he's not in Canada. Right <laughs> All I wanted to do was go to Six Flags, shoot some guns, and uh, go shopping at a mall. That's what that. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i wanted oh, to do man. <laughs> yeah no man. but like uh it is funny though like at, at six like it is because like you guys know like in toronto we have um canna's wonderland yep. and they were shut all all through the summer they didn't get a chance to open this year which is really sad mm-hmm. um and uh I, I know at one point the owners of wonderland were talking about how they have a whole plan set up and they were trying to pitch it to the government um, in an appeal to open up. And uh, if they open up, they'll have all these restrictions in place. And uh, I, I don't think those that like detailed information ever got into the news. So I have no idea what they had set up. But um, just going to Six Flags and seeing what was what was up there. I mean, they have like little stickers on the ground that say like you know six, stand here six feet apart, whatever, whatever. Yep. But then people are just like ending up standing shoulder to shoulder. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so oh, wow. everybody, everybody has a mask. Like everyone's wearing a mask, yeah. but like everybody's just like shoulder to shoulder, like sardine. And uh, and uh, it's funny though because then when you get to the ride, it's like every other um, roller coaster that's going is just like an empty one. So they run an empty one every other, I guess, just to get the air to quote unquote have the air clean it. But uh, but nobody's wiping down the. Uh, the seats or the handles or anything like that. And, uh, definitely like, you know, they could have done more, mm-hmm. but it's whatever. I mean, I went, I was fine. Um, my daughter went, she was fine. So yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. I mean, it's, it's just very interesting. It's just, it's like two worlds, two polar opposites between here and, uh, and Canada. And, uh, I guess it speaks like the numbers speak for themselves. There's a reason why the numbers are much higher in the states and i think that's exactly why because there's not really any precautions Mm -hmm. okay 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 so it's 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 interesting that you say that um i just want to bring up a point it's funny thing uh some funny that you say that because today doug ford said supposedly that roughly around sixty four thousand people arrived at toronto pearson airport last week alone and he suggested this is according to a news article from i believe ctv um, suggested that that they were basically unchecked, and that to me is kind of crazy. So you're telling me that 64,000 people came to our airport. They didn't even call the authorities to let them know that, hey, you know, guess what? I flew in the country. I'm quarantining, I'm, or or you know, I'm going to be staying here, and this is where I'm quarantining. So imagine if those people had the virus, especially with what's going on in the UK. I don't know if you guys have heard of what's going on in the UK with this new strand of this virus. The mutations, yeah. Yeah, the mutation is much easier to get the virus. So let's say that someone came over from the UK, you know, that has the virus that got through from, you know, this 64,000 people, which he's suggesting. Um, It's kind of scary because he's basically inciting that he's over the last few months, he's been reaching out to the federal government for help to test everyone that comes to the airport because he said that that is kind of an area where we lack in our testing. And um, even with the border he was talking about with the U.S., like there's still certain exceptions for certain people. But, you know, like these guys are not really controlling the spread. They're shutting down the economy, but they're not really controlling the spread. Like, you know, what do you guys think about that? Like, you know, and, 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 and um, you know, with the, the, the climate of, everything that they're doing, they're shutting down the economy, they're shutting down everything, but yet we still have people coming in. Like, Jazz, tell me what you think about that. You know, I, I just find it so... Like, I'm, I'm trying to understand the reason why. The Going back to your point of why they weren't even checked in the first place, mm-hmm. um, it, it's weird. Is it is it just because 
they want to continue operating these flights and make sure that they don't go bankrupt or like what's I, I, I'm, I'm very puzzled right now. <laughs> like hearing this right now, I, I know I heard a couple of things on the news, but this is me hearing it for the first time properly. So I'm, I'm very puzzled. Yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's really interesting that um, Doug Ford brought it up and uh, it, it's a kind of a frightening, a frightening statistic, right? Like to say that many people got through and, you know, imagine if even 10, 20, 30 people had the virus, especially this new strand, like, mm-hmm. you know, who knows yep. what could happen. And um, like they were basically saying that our healthcare system is, is almost um, overwhelmed because they said in terms of people being in ICU, they have, I think so far, 265 beds or people in ICU. And they said, if we keep up with the numbers that we currently have by within the next 10 days, we'll have 300 people in beds. And that's not a good number for our healthcare system. So it shows that we have a a positivity uh, in terms of the numbers that are increasing. There's an upwards trend. So, you know, he also said something to me, or sorry, not said something to me, but he also said something to the public, which was kind of startling. And I don't know if you were listening, Jazz, or if you read about it, Arius, but he said that a lot of nurses actually got sick, and you don't really hear about it on the news. Really? Yeah, like, I found that that was really interesting, because I'm, like, saying to myself, I'm like, so if the nurses are getting sick, and and we're overwhelming, like, we're over, the, the healthcare system is becoming overwhelmed. Like, why wasn't this, you know, no one talked about this Publicized, before. yeah. Yeah, exactly, you know? So it makes you think, because I, I said to myself, like, my fiance, she's a nurse, and she told me through her channel, she never heard anything, right? Through her association or professional association, she never heard anything. But he came out and said this. And I, I might be only in certain regions, like maybe in the Bramptons or the Mississaugas, but, like, I find it very interesting that nurses are are becoming sick and, you know, Nobody ever said nothing, and that's a dangerous spot to be in because if we don't have nurses, even doctors, you know, at least the whole other issues. Like, what about people with other surgeries? Right? They yeah. said that supposedly people with gallbladder they're having to push back their surgeries because they have to make space for people with COVID, and these people are having gallbladder attacks, right? So it's it's right now the system is it's not a good look for the system for what's happening. And, um, you know, I do believe that the Ford government did mess up a bit in terms of how they rolled out the lockdowns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But another interesting thing to to pay attention to is he was talking about the schools um, and he said that kids are going to be off, um, especially high school kids are going to be off until January 25th. And elementary, wow. yeah, elementary schools in southern Ontario specifically will resume. Uh, on January 11th, I think it's JK to elementary. So, you know, it's another thing to think about because he's saying supposedly that the the rates in the school are not high, but yet you're shutting down the schools. So, like, what do you guys think about this, especially you, Arius, with a daughter? You know, I know your daughter's probably a little bit young, but what are your thoughts from the aspect of a parent, you know? Yeah, I think it's definitely, uh, I think it's kind of foolish. Um I think it's pretty stupid that that they're doing that. Uh, I I get that it, the cases are jumping, but the whole lockdown procedure is like just carried out the wrong, the wrong way. I mean, I think I don't know. I mean, I think it's arguable, but I'm not even sure that like doing a lockdown is the right approach at all. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you were to, <clears throat> if you, it's a tough position to be in as a politician. But I mean, if if you have to do the lockdown, I, I would, I probably would have done it where I'm locking down the high risk areas, uh, like the nursing homes, the hospitals, the um, old age homes, all like all these like the the elderly care stuff, like all these places that tend to bring on high risk people. Like those are the places that need to go into lockdown, like that. That's the one where you turn into like a prison and like nobody comes in, nobody comes out. <laughs> but like when it comes to schools, like yeah, these little kids can tra- transmit it and stuff, but um, like they're not getting sick. I, you know, I think that 
I think what really bothers me the most is that this is very disparaging and very damaging for the children uh, and for high school students. Um, it's damaging on their on their social skills. It's damaging on their work mental ethic health. and and their mental yeah, health yeah. for sure. Their mental health because um, like now they're just staring in front of a screen all day. And like we have enough studies now. You watch like a social network and you watch all these other things um, and articles that talk about like the dangers of having a screen in your face all the time because of social media or because of what you're watching and all this stuff and how much time we spend on it. And then here we are. It's like, we're just like feeding the fire. And I just feel like it's so damaging on their hope of the future because they're going to come out of this. Like they're already struggling. Like I talked to my nieces and my nephews um, who are in middle school and high school and uh, even younger and uh, like elementary school. And um, like they're handling it well, but they all tell me that they miss school. Like they yeah. miss going to school. They miss talking to their friends. They miss seeing their friends. Um, I think some of them I have a lot of nieces and nephews, but like some of them, some of them are just struggling um academically to stay on top of it because because it, you have so many distractions around you and and learning is just like kind of it becomes almost like a burden and the, and the other thing is that like the teachers are not in it either right like yeah the teachers are all doing it over facetime it's not personal they're probably just as lackluster and and unmotivated as the, <laughs> yeah. as the students are, right? And, they, and the teachers set the tone in the classroom. <laughs> right. So when when the tone's not there, then, or if the tone isn't like energetic and happy and excited, then it's really hard for the kids to listen. And, uh, and you know, I read, I, I don't have the article in front of me, but I came across an article like way back talking about how um, screen time and watching like when, when young kids have a lot of screen time at a young age, it, it hinders their creativity. Oh, that's interesting. And it hinders the parts of their brain that are create yeah. that produce like creativity. And, um, oh, that's interesting. and I, I mean, I have a young daughter, you guys know that I don't, she's too young, I think to really kind of, for me to see that in her, she doesn't, but I don't, I don't really get her to do, do, but I can definitely see like when I look at some of her other um, playmates and stuff who, have been probably doing a little more time than she is during this lockdown. Mm -hmm. uh, I can just tell it's like their, their development is just a little different. You know, it's not, yeah. it's hard to say if it's, if it's a bad, bad thing or a good thing, but I could tell that they're not, um, um, what do you call it? They're, they're not like innovative in, in the things that they do. Like, like little kids can just kind of figure things out. Like, like my daughter figures out how to like climb up. She's, she's figured out how to climb up our, our bookcase and like grab the Halloween candy at the top of the shelf. <laughs> like, like she's like, she's coming up with like, she's very clever and she comes up with all these like little ways of like, if she can't reach something, then she'll, if she can't find a stool then she'll pull up a box. And so she like uses like these like kind of problem solving skills. And I don't know if other kids develop that as much if they're just in the screen and the entertainment is coming to them, right? It's not like they're not actually using their brains to yeah, think. Yeah. I have a question for you, Arius. Hey, that's a long rant. I know. No, 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 yeah, no, go no, ahead. You bring up, up a good point. So you're one of those uh, believers or one of those people that believe that, you know, they should shut down the high-risk areas. But here's my question to you. Did not the, you know, Ford government try to do that with these different color coding or sorry, with color coding different regions throughout the GTA um, because it seems like they tried to do that, like with Brampton, Mississauga, Peel region, like, you know, color coat these regions as red, but it didn't work because people just moved into other regions and shopped in other regions. And then basically cases spiked. So like, what yeah, are but your, like, like, yeah, yeah but you, like, go ahead. But think about it though, like these, but these lockdown areas are like, these are geographical areas. These are not um, individual institutions. And I think like that. I think that's really okay, yeah, yeah. right? like okay. So you're saying actually like, interest institutions. So you're saying like the hospitals and things like as such. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like all the hospitals, all the but, nursing homes, like all that stuff. Like shut that stuff down. 
Um, but but it's like not, not just shut that down, out of business. They're, they're saying that there's a lot of like, for example, in Peel region, for for example, in um, part of the western part of the GTA, more specifically, they said that the spread is not really in nursing homes per se, but it's more in um, uh, I guess you would say uh, people that just live together or the common man, like they're like people are visiting each other because like there seems to be a lot of people still gathering in those regions. So how do you? Yeah, but, my like my question yeah. to you is like how do you slow the spread in that region? You know what I mean when people are still gathering. I. I don't, I guess you don't. I mean, like, that's the, <laughs> the point, like the point, like, what is the, what is the end end goal of this? Right. Are we trying to preserve people's lives or are we trying to like save people's lives or, or are we just trying to prevent it from completely spreading? Right. Because like, like the people with high risk are the people that are most prone to death are more slight, most likely to die if they get COVID. And that's the people in the nursing homes. That's the people in the hospitals, that's the people with pre conditions. Those people are the ones who are most susceptible. But if it's like you, me, um, you know, like our uncles or aunts or whatever, who are like a younger age or our cousins, like they're not, they're not highly susceptible or prone to die. Right. Like the recovery rate is very high. Like we're talking in the nineties. So, but young people do you, die though. That's the thing. They do. Yeah, they do. But like, but you can't judge though on what they're, and it, condition is like you have no idea if they had a health condition before that it's true and then here's the thing too you don't know what strains are out there right it, so if you keep it open like don't get me wrong i'm not arguing with you and saying like you know you're wrong because you're you're entitled to your opinion but what i'm saying is how do you preserve life and then also keep the economy open because there's another point we want to talk about is the grants that they're giving out to people or giving out to the small businesses um, but before I even get there, like, you know, are you one of those believers that, you know what, let everybody, let, let's keep the place open, let people get sick and let there be herd immunity? Or are you one of those where you shut down the place and, you know, you bring down the numbers to control the spread? Like even Jasegan, I think you're on the opposite end of the spectrum from Arius, right? Yeah, like, so I wanted to take a different approach and I, I, maybe to answer your question first. I feel like, yeah, locking down the areas that have a lot of impact is great. But what we've seen is it hasn't really been effective. It just, like, the other areas just start to pile up with cases. For example, York and Durham. So I don't don't know. But what I wanted to ask you guys is, do you think there's organizations and companies that have to do with this rise in cases? And the reason why I ask is because, I don't know if you've heard, but in Brampton, there was an Amazon fulfillment center yes. which had about over 400 cases of COVID. And for those who don't know, it is almost the holiday season. So there are packages and packages and packages. And of course, we can't blame Amazon for this. But there is a lot of people working right now in those, uh, in those fulfillment centers. Do you think that also is an impacting factor? Like us being home being able to order all these things online instead of going to the stores now that they're closed? Um, yes and no. The reason why I say, I, I say yes and no is you, you said it already. You can't really blame businesses like that. Like they can do their best to prevent spread. But if one person comes in with the virus, everybody yep. can get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Regardless of all the preventive, the preventative me- measures that were put into place. So, you know, if you were to shut down like an Amazon right now, like I, I kind of agree with Aries. You'll probably be doing more harm than good because then people's livelihood, right? Like EI is, yep. not, EI is not enough to cover, um, you know, uh, living expenses. Like I have a friend, she's a salonist and, you know, with Toronto being shut down, she was already in a two week shutdown. So she told mm-hmm. me that the new EI that she's getting is based off of a prorated amount that they give her based on the shutdown period. So she's not even getting full EI; she's getting a percentage of EI. So that can't even cover Jeez. your yeah yeah that can't even cover yeah. your bills. You know what I mean? You know the thing that like nobody talks about though, because like I know like there's a, like obviously there's a lot of focus on people's health, right? Like nobody like people don't want to get COVID because the, they have a chance of dying. But, like, nobody's actually talking about the other side of the health spectrum of, like, the mental health, 
and what the lockdown is doing on the mental health. Um, because that is an issue in itself, like the, the depression, the suicide rates, yeah, all that stuff um, has been increasing. And uh, like an answer to, to your question before, Aaron, I mean, like you got to understand my background, though, like both my parents are uh, self-employed entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, they, they run they both run different businesses, um, but they've that they've felt huge impacts of the, the COVID and, and uh, their business has really suffered. And, uh, and then like me, like my work has suffered from uh, COVID. Yeah. And so think about like all the, all the waiters and waitresses and, and personal fitness trainers and yeah. um, who else, like the people who work at the theater, like all these people have like completely lost their jobs and just when there was hope that, oh, you know what, they're going to come back to work now, like near the end of the year and Christmas is coming. This is great. Boom. Like we're now we're in another lockdown. Yeah. You know, they're not going back to work. Okay. And the EI is not really enough, right? No, like, it's that, not. It, it's, it's, it's a, per, yeah, it's a, you're right. It's a percentage, but it's, the, I mean, the, let me, to be fair, the EI is probably pretty generous than what it was before, um, before like pre-COVID. But it's still not enough. Like the the EI that's being paid out now is equitable to the CERB payments that were paid before. And for our listeners, that was basically um, everybody was getting. If you were impacted by COVID, then you'd be getting two thousand dollars a month, and Canada paid that out to everybody between was like March to September. So the EI payments, and again, for our listeners, EI, we're talking about um, employment insurance, um, which you can qualify if you've lost your job. So the EI payments now are about $2,000. A month? Is that a month? Because like I, I, like I said, a friend of mine told me she was actually getting more money when um, they shut down the place. I think it was in the summer when they had the CERB, but she's actually said she's getting less money now. So I don't know. It's probably, maybe it's pro It depends maybe. Yeah, yeah, so it could be prorated. Well, it, it, I mean, there's a lot of factors though. Like, it could be prorated. It could be the kind of job that they had. True. It could be how much EI they paid in that year. Because if you don't max out your um, employment insurance tax in that year, then it might affect it. True. Depends True. on how much income they made before. Like, there's a lot of factors in it. Maybe. Yeah. Anyways, it's it's not. I I don't think we'll ever know unless we actually look at her tax returns. <laughs> And now, for those that don't know, uh, Aries is a specialist in tax returns. Like, he is the man that can... Anyways, I'm not going to say too much because, you know, that we'll save that for another day. We can talk about that, you know. We can uh, decipher his head and his knowledge, you know. He's a, he's a <laughs> superman and a Captain America when it comes to taxes. So, we'll give some more information for any Canadians that listen to this podcast. But um, going on to the next point... Um, Basically, I want to transition a little bit, uh, going more to the entrepreneurial side, uh, like you were saying, Arius. And Doug Ford was basically saying that they're going to offer grants between 10000 to 20000 to small businesses that would close. Um, and if it showed 20% revenue de- uh, decline between April 2019 mm-hmm. and 2020. And to be honest with you, the Federation, the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses said that this is not even enough money to cover, like to even break even because some small businesses do 10 to 20 grand in a week or even a day. You know what I mean? So you look at you look at a grant of that proportion and you're saying to yourself, like, you know, big box shops can stay open like your Walmarts and your Amazons. And don't get me wrong, I don't knock these companies because I do shop a lot from Amazon. I do shop a lot from Walmart, you know, but uh, Walmart, no, well, okay, bro. You know, I, I buy certain <laughs> things from Walmart. I don't buy clothing, but I buy like, put it this way. It's like a grocery store. Like some, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's open um, longer than some of the grocery chain stores that I shop yeah. at. Like they, they, op- they close at 11. The grocery stores where I live close at like seven or eight. You know what I mean? So there's, that's the only good thing about that's Walmart. That's the point, right? They, <laughs> they open late. That's the only... They, they open late. Yeah. So it gives me an opportunity to grab something if the missus needs something or... You know what I mean? But going back to this, though, do you think that in this lockdown, with this amount of money that they're offering, 
small businesses? Do you think that this will kill small businesses? Because I read something also startling by the Small Business Association. I think it was of Canada where they said two thirds of small businesses will close permanently if we have another lockdown um, mm. that goes into December, into January. And this is what's happening now. So, so Aaron, sorry, if I can quickly just jump in. Is this an extra on top of the 40000 that they were giving out for, like, the Canadian, uh, the CBA so, or CEBA? So I don't, yeah, 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 it yeah is, it is. but I don't yeah. believe that yeah, they're getting is. that anymore. Correct me if I'm wrong, Aries, because that, I, I believe that dried up, that proportion of it. What do you so mean? So the 40000 The $40, I don't think they extended it. That got, yeah, paid, that got out. paid out. So that's what I'm saying. They're not extending that anymore. They're not renewing that 40000 You You see what I'm saying? Right. So, so, so it was the four, the, yeah, but the 20,000 is, is sorry, the, go ahead. The 20,000 adds to that. Yes. So like the 20,000 is sort of an extension of it. Yeah. Yeah. But here's, but here's the thing though, Aries, this 20,000 can't even meet payroll, bro. You know what I mean? No, I know. I can't even pay the but, rent in but some this, locations. Yeah, this is the point, right. So like mm-hmm. for me, I'm, I'm one where I'm, I come from a, a family of entrepreneurs like yourself, Aries, but I'm kind of in the middle. I'm, I, I kind of sway towards both you and Jaseekin because at the same time, I understand why Doug Ford has to shut down the province because, again, I can't really blame him, but you can blame the federal government because they are supposed to kind of control the airports and stuff where you have, I'm going back to the point earlier, you have 64,000 people coming into the country alone just through Pearson International. Like, the federal government is not seeing anyone, not, um, not controlling or seeing where these people are going. And again, you have a new strain of virus out there, right? Which is it has a higher rate of of infection and a higher rate of you know of of, of whatever you know what I mean. Like it, I, I'm not too sure if it's if it's death as well, but you know, well, no, that's I, not. Well, we can talk about yeah, that. We, we can, can talk not... about that after. Yeah, yeah go on. But, but here's the thing, though. So, what do you do? Do you do what Doug Ford's doing and shut down the place, or do you keep it open, right? Because now small businesses. It's not fair to them. Like they, they're basically what he, he's doing by giving them a small grant is basically saying, okay, here's a, a, some money, but you're gonna have to lay off some people in order to, you know, to stay open because you know businesses have to cut costs in order to break even. Am I right or am I wrong, Aries? Just you know, f- basic business fundamentals. Like, yeah, at some point, businesses are gonna lay people off, and then yep. you know they're gonna cut, do some cost cutting measures in order to stay open. Am, am I wrong or am I right? Like, let me know. Yeah, no. And then absolutely what do you right. think about big chains staying open? So you now you have your WalMarts, you have your Amazons. You know what I mean? Like they have the new, they have the Amazon out in the West End there in Brampton, I believe, Jazz. And then they have yep. WalMarts all throughout the province, and they're gonna be open. Like, although yes, you're cutting their capacity, they still. And here's the here's the <laughs> the funniest part. Walmart sells non-essential items as well. So your mm-hmm. clothing and all these other things. But they also sell essential items as groceries. How do you determine what they can and cannot sell, uh, sell and how do you enforce that? Like, how do you make that fair for small businesses? That is a good question. Let me... Uh, so I have the... Um, so I have the, the, like the quick notes here on, uh, all the details of what's, what's closed down and what's open in Ontario, uh, for lockdown number two. And so under the retail section, supermarkets, convenience stores, and indoor farmers markets are open for in-person shopping at 50% capacity, mm-hmm. um, discounted box, big box retailers who sell groceries to the public with 25% capacity. And safety supply stores or businesses that sell rent or repair mobility medical or assistive devices are open by appointment only i guess that's your answer yeah. right so, so like yeah so it's 25 percent capacity for places like uh walmart superstore do you think it also has to do uh in regards to the size of that location so for example comparing a mom and pop shop versus a walmart like a walmart is huge yep and yeah but then think of i yeah I, for sure it's capacity but then why can't the mom and pop shop still be i mean i guess they can be open if it's curbside but here's the point you bring up a good point area so what if they're not curbside right but they can still do social distancing they can still have five people in a store they you know what i mean why can't a mom and pop shop be open you know 
you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking like in regards to lineups, right? Like you see lineups in Markham, you see lineups in Toronto and York, or well, sorry, I said Markham and York, but whatever. You see, you see lineups in Toronto and York. If you were to see these lineups in like small mom and pop shops that are all scattered throughout the area, isn't there a higher chance of them getting COVID? Because they're all condensed in one area versus like if you're going to a Walmart, you're all kind of spaced out. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong with that, but I, I'm curious. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of like, when you think of downtown Toronto, you think of probably one of the most busiest intersections. You think of Young and Dundas, you see a lot of people there. But when you think of something like more in the rural or suburban side, not a lot of people, right? And majority of the mom and pop shops that I've noticed are, most of them are downtown. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, we have a lot of mom and pop shops out here in Durham region too. Uh, okay. I've, from what I've noticed with the mom and pop shops as a recent in Durham region, they're very busy um, as of recently, uh, especially in Durham region because a lot of people from Brampton, Toronto are coming out here. However, yep. I do notice that the mom and pop shops adhere to the rules better than the big box stores. So, you'll find mom and pop shops even asking people, hey, are you from Durham region? If not, then... <laughs> no, for real. Like, I've seen restaurants where pe- people, the That's restaurant good. owners will ask That's really them, good. Like, are you from Durham region? Ask them to show ID. If they're not, then I'm sorry. Like, you know, I would love the sale, but you got to go according to the rules. You're not supposed to be here. But like, That's good. For example, you go to a Costco. Costco is rammed with people. Oh, my God. Let's like, not, let's like not start with Costco. Spreader, you know what I mean? Oh, my God. So Costco is brutal. No man, that's like that's like you asking yourself getting like asking yourself to get COVID. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. put on a mask, yeah. but like one person coughs in there and you just walk through that man. That's like you're bringing COVID to your grandma, your auntie, your uncle, your sister, brother. You know what I mean? Everyone, everyone's getting it. Like, listen, listen, it's not worth the cheap hot dogs and the fries and everything even, at Costco. Just even, but it's funny, even with their, even with their what do you call it? Their, their, their social distancing measures, like at Costco, for example, even in Durham, I'm not going to name them specifically because I don't want any mm-hmm. problems, but I find yep. that they do have lineups and stuff, but it's still busy in there. Like it's still like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? So it, it, it makes, it makes you think like, how is it fair to the small mom and pops and like, what's going to happen to the economy after this? This is a, the, the next thing, like areas, I don't know if you want to speak about the economy and, and, and about, you know, the expectation for businesses going forward. Like, you know, are we going to have a lot of zombie companies? Like what, even the stock market, what's going to happen to the stock market? And how is it tied to the real economy? Because the economy and stock especially, market are yeah. different, you know? Especially with some of the REITs as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, uh, well, I mean, I think in sort of our offline discussions, I know that the economy is looking pretty bleak for the next six to 12 months. Um, but, I, but I think by bleak, it's just, I think, it, or I think we're just going to be coasting, right? Like just going ahead, not really problem. Well, I mean, it's hard to tell if we're going to get worse because now we're in a lockdown too. I really, I honestly did not believe we're going to go into a second lockdown. Um, but I guess like, I mean, like, if you like, here's a question. Would you rather have, I mean, would you rather I know that sounds really savage, but like, would you really, would you rather save the lives of the elderly who already are a huge burden on the healthcare system Mm. at the expense of um, risking the younger generations um, work ethic, job security and um, future? See that's a that's a tricky question, yeah, right? Like, it is very. It, I mean, it is. A, it, yeah, I, yeah, and I, I don't expect an answer from you guys, but I'm just like yeah. I'm kind of posing this to all our listeners here, like, like it's this is like this is the hard truth, right? I mean, I, I again, I know it sounds savage, but like death is just part of life, and and I think we try we try a little too hard at keeping the elderly the elderly alive and not just let nature take control right like sometimes our, our our procedures that keeping people alive are probably a little too extreme mm-hmm. um but then of course you want like you want your you know you want your grandparents to be healthy like both like my grandparents are alive mm-hmm. still and um i definitely don't want to don't want them don't want to see them go um but if it's you know but if i if i 
And I think my grandparents would understand this, but if I had a choice of, okay, I'm going to let, it's either let my grandparents go or let me and my children's uh, job security and future be at risk. I'm going to let my grandparents go. <laughs> right. Like I'm not going to like, I have, I have way more years ahead of me and way more and my children have way more potential mm-hmm. to make an influence and impact in this world than they, they my grandparents do, right? Like they've already lived their time. But, they've lived their time, well, right? Okay, exactly. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Yo, Arius, you just, Arius just gives the raw truth. That's, that's the one thing I love about Arius. What about, what about, okay, what about people? And I want to be careful with my terminology for any listeners that are older in age, you know, but people that are elderly and still working in, you know, the corporate world, like, you know, that have, you know, well-educated, can still have a lot to contribute to society. How, what about them, you know? Um, yeah, but like, I think, I think that's fine. But like, we can't forget though, that like the recovery rate is really high. So it's not like everybody who gets COVID who's over a certain age is going to immediately die. Right. It's not a guarantee. Like, I think I mentioned this before, but my, uh, a member, like a member of my uh, my church, who's like 102 years old, survived COVID. Wow! And he he was in the news. You can off the post up an article sometime. He was on CBC. He was like featured on the news because it was incredible that this 102 year old man had survived COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I, I think he's probably an exception, but there's a lot of people that have recovered from it. Like it's not like it's the most devastating disease that we've ever seen in history. Um, but any, but you know, but on the impact on the markets, it's hard. You know, I think it's interesting because a lot of people say that there's a huge disconnect between what the stock market's saying and what the economy is. And uh, some of the articles I read, and I, I was watching actually a really interesting um, investor before. Uh, I think his name was Jim Rogers, and he he had an interesting perspective. He actually believed that there wasn't as big of a disconnect as everyone was making it sound um, because everything is kind of balancing out. Like the, the forces of the market are just taking effect. It's interesting today though. Like, I don't know. Did you guys see the, the markets opened like 2% lower yeah, yeah. than they, they closed on Friday. And, uh, but I think partly that was just because of the uh, Tesla coming into the S and P 500. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a pretty uh that's a big deal it is it's a but i think there's also yeah i think there's also and i'll talk about that in a sec but i think there's also just a lot of fear that maybe we are going to be entering into a recession now um because i was just out of curiosity i i was looking up other places that were doing lockdown i know we talked a lot about ontario going into lockdown but Italy's actually also going into a lockdown too, right around Christmas. And the UK too. Don't um, yeah, UK, uh, Germany is going into a lockdown. Netherlands are going into um, a lockdown. They're a little. I don't think they're as strict as we are. Um, Sweden, interestingly enough, is now recommending that you wear face masks <laughs> on public transport. Oh my god! So, <laughs> so they, <laughs> yeah, they don't. They, they slow. a little bit they, late. Uh, eh? Jeez. <laughs> They're ahead of our time. You know, yeah, yeah. They say slow and steady yeah. is the race, but I don't know if that's the case for this. <laughs> uh, but anyways, that's uh, yeah, it's 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 a interesting Christmas. It's a nice Christmas gift to the world. Uh, yep. <clears throat> but um, yeah. So uh, as far as markets go, like it's it's really hard to say. I think you know, there's a lot of hopes riding on China. China seems to be really bouncing back, whether they're legitimately free of COVID or not. Um, but regardless, it looks like their operations are really pushing through. Um, but I, I think you guys saw there's that um, Washington, oh, I read a Washington Post article on the UK and they were talking about um, because UK is now shutting the borders down, uh, there's a lot of, well, not just the UK, but like France, their neighboring country, is shutting their border down. So they're not letting any transportation happen. So there's actually a uh, fear of like food shortages yeah. over this Christmas that's, season. That's a yep. big thing. And it's funny you say that there's, this is a thing about shutting down the economy. 
and, and Canada and the U.S. is not so bad because we still have the border where um, they do leave it open to to trade, you know. Yep. And we are closely connected, so they can't com- do a complete shutdown of the border. But places in Europe, man, it makes you think about like the the global supply chain. Like, what happens then, you know? Yeah, I know. Well, I think uh, you know. I was reading reports too that um, that. The many of the ports in Europe are all blocked up. They're all backlogged. Oh, oh wow! And that there's no there's no room for um, boats from China to deliver any goods to the ports, and so they're they're forced to have to um, transport their stuff via train, like just cutting right across Europe. But those costs are like twenty percent higher than than what than what it would be on a boat. Jeez. And, uh, but the thing though is that, like, I get 20% higher, but then the cost, um, the cost of, uh, dropping off shipments at a port is super high now because it is so blocked up. So if you, like, really want your product in and docked off, you got to pay more. So I guess maybe it is a little cheaper than to do it on land, but the land's more, like, reliable and practical. But there is, it's interesting. I mean, again, the stock market is just like, it's so severed from <laughs> from uh, what we're used reality. to. <laughs> from reality, yeah, I know, exactly. So, um, and I guess uh, to kind of lighten up the topics here. So, uh, I think many of you heard there's been a lot of hype around Tesla going into the S&P 500. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's exciting. It's crazy. As, uh, Tesla has gone up like 600% this year. Um, I remember I was looking when, when, it, when, it, when the market was crashing in March, I was looking at buying Tesla. And I was just like, I had a target market or target price of like 375 at the time. Mm-hmm. And it went down to like 385. 385. And then it, that's, and that's, that's when I like started recovering. Yep. And, I never ended up buying it. I should have bought it. <laughs> you should have, bro. Any regrets, though? I should have. Like, $10 difference. What is really matter? Because it went up, like, 300%. Sure. Would you, would you, uh, do you have any regrets, though? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But you know what? But I, but I don't want to, like, but I, I am hesitant to get into the FOMO stage, yeah. right? You know, like, I don't want to, the fear of missing out. Yeah. I get psychological. I get nervous when I feel that feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, anyways, but interestingly enough, so the S and P. Here's some fast facts: is this? Um, it's the seventh largest company in uh, the S and P. Uh, yeah, in the S and P 500. Jeez. But it's definitely the biggest company to have entered the the S and P 500. Yeah. Its weighting is one and a half percent. Um, it's PE ratio for 2021 is super high. It's 22.3 to 20, uh, 2.6. And, and, so it's pretty, over- and, and speak about the ratio so a little I, bit more to the audience who don't know about the PE ratio. Uh, it's so simply, it's just, um, the price to earnings ratio. So the price of the stock to like the earnings. Um, so to typically like, I guess, to make it to speak in more simpler terms um investors generally don't like to buy anything that has a pe ratio of more than 15 to 20 Mm. uh, because at that point it's not really a value investment and so if you want to go for a value investment you want to look for pe ratios of like the low single digits yeah um and kind of hold it over time and uh, what's kind of interesting is that for every $11 that Tesla moves, the S&P 500 moves one point. That's crazy. You know, yeah, pretty cool. Well, I mean, uh, curious, you know what? If you're, if you're looking to buy Tesla, just wait for Elon to post a, a tweet on Twitter and then go right ahead. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure when, he, when he posts something on Twitter, it will drop. So... <laughs> Uh, you know, you know that guy gets a lot of flack, but he's like super brilliant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is one oh, yeah. smart dude. Oh yeah. I was watching. Um, no, I read this article, like this little like short bio on him, and uh, his kind of backstory. Apparently, he was like some kind of 
nerdy, awkward kid that got beat up a lot when he was younger. Every day he was kind of like getting bullied and beat up. And uh, he had like an abusive father. And uh, he just ended up choosing to go to the States and change his whole life around. Went to Silicon Valley and uh, was criticized by his parents for it. But clearly uh, has a happy ending. No, look at him now. eh? (laughs) It's interesting though, because like like Tesla is... um... Their their whole model is completely different from like a typical automotive manufacturer. It's yeah, uh, it is. How, how do you say it? It's like they're electric. They're supposedly eco friendly to the environment. Their CEO Elon is uh, <laughs> their CEO Elon reminds me of uh, I don't know if you guys know the guy from T Mobile uh, or the previous CEO for T Mobile, John uh, John something. He like they say whatever they kind of want to say, um, and I don't know if that's good about having a CEO like that, like someone who's just very open and blunt. You know what? Elon reminds me of Tony Stark, <laughs> Iron Man. No, he is man. He's he's like the Iron Man, the modern day Iron Man. Like what he's doing with SpaceX, and yeah. you know, yeah. obviously Tesla. I do believe in the next ten years, ten to fifteen years. Due to like the great reset, and I think this will be another hot topic we'll talk about on another day. Yep. But it seems like the world governments want to usher in clean energy, and mm-hmm. I think Tesla has positioned itself in such a manner where they're ready to be a leader in um, the electrical vehicle industry and and clean energy as well, right? Yeah. So, yep. So um, you look at Elon Musk, like you know. Like what Aries was saying, like the guy went from getting beat up to being, you know, just a genius. And yeah. imagine if you were one of his bullies from before, like <laughs> meeting him now, like you know, yeah, you definitely would, you, for, you know. But yeah, yeah, man. Um, we also have some other news just to lighten up the news some more. I know Jasegan was following. Uh, basically, an article regarding uh, cyberpunk. Um, Ooh, and you're bringing in cyberpunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's so, cover that. Speaking, uh, Listen, cyberpunk 2077. As for those who don't know, it is an action-based role-playing game uh, just released very recently by CD Projekt Red. Um, this game was hyped since 2012 when it first started developing they were saying 2011 2012 it's been about ish nine years ish but this game has been ployed with so much fatal flaws to the point where it was removed from the sony store it was removed from the microsoft store and most of the most of the thing the issues were was like performance bugs like you would play the application or you would play the game sorry and you would see patchy graphics. You would see your save files being deleted. You would see parts like you would try to do a mission and all of a sudden you'd be stuck in a wall. Or like you tried to. You, it's, uh, so think of the concept of GTA where you're stealing a car. All of a sudden you're on the roof with that car. Like it's so buggy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, and I saw yeah, videos of it. It's crazy. And people are just like floored. They're like, okay, wait. So how are the so basically the PS5 and the new Xbox? Uh, I forgot what is it is. Is it Series X and Series S or whatever? Whatever the names are for the Xbox, I'm not really following that. Um, they're okay, but the previous gen console, console, so like the Xbox One and the PS4, they have been having a lot of issues, especially the base models, where you can't even play the game properly. Like in, uh, low frame rates, uh, low resolutions. You can't even, uh, a lot of bugs. And one of the biggest issues is people are complaining. So the, so the publishers of Cyberpunk, they're just like, one of the, one of the things that everyone's trying to understand is, did you guys not test this game out before releasing it to all the consoles? Or did you guys just like push this out because your board of directors were like, we need this out. Hmm. And this, this is, this is the, like the apology where they said, where first of all, we like to start by apologizing to you for not showing the game so what they did was when they were showing screenshots and images and videos they were showing it from the newer consoles but they weren't showing it for like the previous gen consoles and 
It's always it's, like that. See, though. here's the issue, though the the new PS5 and the Xbox Series X just got released. Like I think what less than a month ago or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. So most people that are going to be running this game are going to be on the PS4 and Xbox One or PCs, of course. Yeah. Um. So what what Cyberpunk developers have said is that they're going to start fixing the bugs. They're going to be sending out patches and stuff like that. Uh, first one being in January, second one in February, and so far, so on and so forth. But for those who aren't satisfied, they can go to they can go to the PSN network or they can go to Xbox and they can get a refund, or they would have to contact Cyber uh, their CD Project Red uh, email to get those refunds. Um, the issue is is people have been hyping this game for so long. Like when this game was doing their marketing and everything, everyone loved it. So like for E3 of 2018. It got the best game, the best Xbox One game, the best PC game, the best RPG. It won over like 100 awards. And then for a game to be shut down like this, it, it's, it's really, it's really, really unfortunate. Like people were like high hopes. This is something new that they can play during COVID. And now everyone's just like, bleh, pretty much. Yeah, but do you think, though, that, like, I feel like all these new games that are coming out all have buggy problems. Like, what was the other one? Um, The Last of Us 2. That wasn't really buggy. That was just more of, like, a a story issue. Like, people just didn't like the story, and there was leaks for it. Battlefield 5, (laughs) Um, man. Battlefield 5 had a lot of controversy around it with EA, man. Yeah, like, do you think, though, like, they'll, they'll release patches to fix up Cyberpunk to make it? Good. Like I, I feel like it can still it, it redeem can, itself. It can. No? So they are trying to do that. Um, late. So every every single day you see on the news, there's always some sort of update for Cyberpunk. So there has been a few patches that have been released. They're fixing up a couple of the issues. One of the issues that they're working on is with the PCs, where sometimes your save file gets corrupted. So imagine you playing countless hours of work and your save file is completely gone. Where you, you essentially you'd probably give up in that game at that point. Um, so. So just so, 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 so basically <laughs> what they were doing, they were still selling the game um, and then they were allowing people to return it, right? And this is what mm. the big dilemma is, right? So basically, uh, if I can sum it all up, they released the game which had so much hype, so much potential, and it was completely buggy and not ready for day one, essentially. Got like it, it was... Buggy to the point where you probably wouldn't be able to complete the game type of thing. Like, you would just give up. Got you. I, I, I think I read something that said that the um, developers uh, basically confronted uh, Sony executives. I could be wrong. But uh, it was a big thing because, like you said, they were pulling it off of the PSN uh, store and stuff like that, right? And that, that's that's actually a really big thing because... I don't believe Sony has ever done something like this before where they pulled a major AAA title, like a AAA title, off the store. Well, it must be really bad <laughs> for them to do that. <laughs> yeah, and... and but, you know, but, like, uh, um, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> well... <laughs> I'll, come back. I'll See, come back to you. It, it's funny, it's funny that you say you lost your train of thought. That's pretty much what the game was like. I remember now. I remember now. No, no. The CD project isn't taking refunds now. Are they? I heard. I, or only under certain yeah, circumstances. So I under, like I know, I believe GameStop has started doing refunds as well. But right now, you have to email them and you have to go through like this whole hassle to see if you actually qualify for that. I could be wrong. But that's that's what the process is yeah. like right now. <laughs> that's messed up. Aaron, you got to watch the videos of it. It's pretty yeah, funny, I'm, man. No, gotta I'm, I'm going to watch it right now as we're speaking because I want to see what's going to happen here. <laughs> no, trust me. <laughs> and uh, Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention the uh, as far as like the market topic goes, um, CD Projekt stock dropped like 29% <laughs> within the day because Jeez. of uh, because of that total of game failure. Whoa, this oh glitch is crazy. I know, crazy. Man. This guy went right through an elevator. <laughs> there's, so, there's so many glitches, man. Listen. There's one, I saw a glitch of like some dude running around punching people and they were just disappearing in like thin air. But see, that's what I don't understand. Like, how can you release a game but not have it tested for all the platforms and then have it have so many bugs and issues? 
Yeah, I know. I actually, I was, I actually had a crazy thought of maybe trying it out and buying it for the PC because <laughs> yep. I think the PC is better, I've, right? It's better than playing on a console. I've heard that the PC experience isn't as bad as like the Xbox One and the PS4. Yes. Yeah, with all the with all the crazy hype and controversy, I actually thought about buying it. But then I started watching the gameplay on YouTube, <laughs> like just from the beginning, and I, I just can't get into it. Like it's too. I like I like um, sci-fi, cyberpunk stuff, but this was just kind of weird. Yeah, it's, it's it's not my type of game. You know, it it really it it targets an audience, and I think one of the one of the things where this audience is looking for is kind of like the what type of situation that we're in right now where it's like this game is kind of like a way to escape <laughs> escape COVID, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I've, I think Keanu Reeves like kind of hit the ballpark with the fans and uh, hit it out of the ballpark with the you fans. Know, that, and uh, it's, people are just loving it, but like, I don't know. It's crazy because like, you have you have like an amazing star like Keanu Reeves, and I'm telling you, he's probably one of my favorite actors out there. Um, like representing a game which has been buggy, and it's wow, kind of unfortunate. these glitches are crazy. <laughs> Yo, I, I, for the for the audience, I'm telling you, go on YouTube, go on Reddit, watch these glitches. If you need a good laugh during the day, they are just priceless. <laughs> um. Goes without saying, though, I feel like every video game that has an actor in it or actress yeah. is a is a total bust. <laughs> I mean, th- like think think of a game that isn't a bust that had a prominent actor or actress See, in that's, it. That's that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what? I think I think we should leave the audience with some good like thoughts. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, are you guys thinking of downloading Cyber? Are you think you thinking of downloading or purchasing Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven with all the issues? What do you think with the economy and how things are going and how COVID is impacted around the world, whether that be in Canada and the UK? And what do you think? Like, what are what do you think next steps should be? Do you think a lockdown is actually the best way to go? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Hey guys, looks like you made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's topics. We want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on the topics that we discussed today? Feel free to leave your answers on our Instagram and Twitter at Disseminate News or even email us at DisseminateNews at ProtonMail.com. And if you found us interesting, please like and share the podcast as it helps us grow the Disseminate community. Remember to come back the same time next week for another round of weekly updates. Thanks again and let's make a change in a world of chaos.